Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus gave them power and authority over all sickness, over all disease. In other words, they could be walking through a city, walking through a town, see somebody who was sick and say, you know what? Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be be healed in the name of Jesus. Demons come out of that person in the name of Jesus. And they would over all, every time the disciples, that is amazing to me. Every time the disciples looked at someone and said, be healed, or demons come out, they would. Because God said, every, all demons and all sickness, you now have power and authority over them. But you have to keep in mind that the disciples did not have the presence of the Holy Spirit living within them. Jesus was with them. And while Jesus was with them, the Holy Spirit was not in them. But when Jesus went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit down to live and dwell within them. So there are people who have asked, and probably perhaps somebody has asked you, why don't we see this kind of power? Anybody heard this question? Why don't we see this kind of power or authority in the world today? Why don't we see this kind of power and authority in the church today? Anybody ever heard a question like that? Many of us have. How come we don't see this kind of power? Christians walking around saying, be healed, and demons come out, and they do. And Christians walking into a hospital over at Western Wake and go room to room and say, be healed. And people get up and be healed. How come we don't see this kind of power today? Well, the reason we don't see this kind of power today is because the church, we are in a different dispensation. And now we are moving and we are being led and we are guided by the Holy Spirit. So when you're in the presence of someone who may be demon possessed, that's happened to me. Or you're in the presence of someone who is sick. Well, now we're praying, Lord, lead us, guide us, direct us. Lord, whatever your will is in their life, whatever your desire is in their life, whatever your plan is in your life, then do that work. Because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And the authority that we have and the power that we have is a power and authority that is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And we're led by the Holy Spirit as we move in the ministry. The disciples, quite different. Now, it's very interesting. Listen, this word authority, I find this fascinating. This word authority is only used of kings in an earthly sense in the book of Acts, but not in a spiritual sense. This word authority is only used of kings in an earthly sense in the book of Acts, but not in a spiritual sense. After Jesus gives this commission In the Gospels, the next time, very interesting, that this word is used in a spiritual sense, authority, exousia. The next time this word is used in a spiritual sense is in the book of Revelation. 
and it's used in connection with the Antichrist during the tribulation. The Bible says that the Antichrist is given exousia or given authority because people will not believe the truth and God will allow them to believe the lie. The Antichrist power and authority comes with all lying signs and wonders. The Antichrist will have power to deceive people right before their eyes. The Antichrist will have exousia, power and authority unrestrained in his ability to do miracles, signs and wonders. Very interesting. But you do not find this same word exousia used during the church age. Very, very interesting. But here in our context, the disciples are being called and sent out and they are given power and exousia authority. Now, saints, listen, don't get me wrong. Do I believe in supernatural healing? Answer is yes. Why do I believe that? Two reasons. Number one, the Bible teaches it. Number two, I've seen it. I believe that God can supernaturally heal. What I don't believe is that God heals everyone every time the same way. I believe that God heals people according to his good plan and purpose. And please don't misunderstand me. You have to understand that death is healing. I've told you that before. You know, we're praying for healing, but what we're praying for, and you know, we psych ourselves out to bleed something different. But what we're actually praying for when we're praying for healing, God healed them here. Heal them on this earth. Lord, give them more time with me. Give them more time on the earth. Well, I understand that. And that's a natural human emotion. But we also have to understand that number one, God is God. Somebody say amen. And God does what God does. Independent of you. You don't know. God knows. And God may say, you know what? I will heal them. I will take them from this earth into the presence of Jesus. And don't you know the Bible says in heaven, there's no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more sickness. That's healing. No more sorrow, no more pain, no tears. Nobody's crying in heaven. Nobody's sad to be there. Let the church say amen. Can you imagine that? You're unhappy to be in heaven. I can't even imagine that. There's no sadness in heaven whatsoever. So healing comes in many forms, comes in many ways. Oftentimes we think it comes in a certain way. I believe that God supernaturally heals people. However, which way he chooses to do that, whether it's on this earth or in his presence, God heals people. I believe in supernatural healing and I will continue to pray for supernatural healing for whatever God's will and whatever he wants to be done. Now, there are several camps, listen, when it comes to healing and comes to the gifts of the Spirit, there are several camps or several positions that people hold. And, you know, we have a teaching in the bookstore on keeping the balance. I'm not going to go into uh, too much, but I do want to tell you that there's just a few positions, and one is called the sensationist position or view. Sensationists believe that all gifts and everything miraculous has ceased with the apostolic era. In other words, the gifts are no longer in use today. No more miracles, no tongues, no, no, no gifts of healing, no interpretation, no gifts. And still others say that some of the gifts are for today and some are not. 
And then some say all the gifts are for today and all the gifts should operate in an uncontrolled and unhindered manner. In other words, they come to church and let the fun begin. <laughs> uh, I've been to churches like that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any, any one person. Amen. Let the fun begin and everything just, woo, you know. And, and, and I, don't misunderstand me. You're going to church like that, that's fun. I don't know if you've ever been to one, but if you haven't, I'll, I'll take you. And uh, <laughs> we'll just go. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, but they let the gifts go forward in an uncontrolled and unhindered manner. And, and I believe, listen, as I told you, that God still heals people. I believe in all of the gifts and I believe they are for today. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and how long? Forever. You know that. Talking about the Christian service and the sending of the 12, point number three, he sent them with a message. Would you look at verse two? Look at verse two. Are you looking at it? Look at verse two. He sent them to do what? Preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You know, somebody once said, I love this. They said, God never sends his messengers with an empty envelope. In other words, he sends you with a message. God never sends his messengers with an empty envelope. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God. Now listen, by definition, a kingdom is a domain ruled by a king. A domain ruled by a king. So the essence of a kingdom has little to do with geographical location and has more to do with the actual ruling of the king and the exercising of his will over the citizens of that kingdom. So the kingdom of God is the kingship of God. The kingdom of God is the rule of God. Luke chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is among us. Do you understand when you become a Christian, God comes to live in your heart. And when God comes to live in your heart, you become a part of the kingdom and you become a part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is among us. In this room right now, the kingdom of God is among us. Why? Because there are people in this room now who've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and the king lives in their heart. We think of the kingdom of God as a location. The kingdom of God is not a location necessarily. The, the future kingdom is coming. But the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is among us. Every believer, if you believe in Jesus, the kingdom of God is in your heart and the king dwells in your heart. Now, saints, please keep in mind, note this, very important. Jesus didn't send them to cast out demons. Did you hear me? And Jesus didn't send them to heal the sick. Jesus sent them. This is an important distinction. Jesus sent them to preach the kingdom of God. And as they were going, preaching the kingdom of God, they were given power and authority over sickness and over disease. Are you getting me? But the mission is that they are to go and declare the message of the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is available to all who believe. He called them. Number one, he equipped them. Number two, he sent them with a message. Number three, and finally, he sent them in faith. Look at verse three, if you will. Look at verse three. And he said to them, take nothing. Look at verse three. You're looking at it, say amen. amen. 
He said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. In other words, listen, let's put this in today's language. Jesus is saying today, he would say, don't take your visa card, don't take your debit card, don't make hotel reservations, and don't pack a suitcase. Amen. That's today's language. Now, remember I told you, now listen, let's get back to this. Remember I told you that this mandate to the disciples was a temporary ministry for them. The power and the authority given to them was a temporary ministry or power and authority to them because the presence of the Holy Spirit was not living in them. God gave them power. He gave them authority. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 22. Hold your finger here in Luke Luke 9 and go to Luke 22 really quickly. Luke 22. Luke 22 and look at verse 35. And perhaps this will clear this up for you. Look at Luke 22 and verse 35. If you're looking at verse 35, say amen. amen. And he said to them in verse 35, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? And what'd they say? Nothing. Then he said to them, but now, are you reading? But now, he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Notice here in Luke 22, Jesus said, when I sent you out without money, did you lack anything? And they said, nope, we didn't lack a thing. That's because where God sends you, he will equip you. And he will give you what you need to get the job done. He was teaching them in Luke chapter 9. I love this. He was teaching them in Luke chapter 9 to walk by faith and trust him. But now, he says, now what's now? Well, now, if you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Now is about 10 to 15 days from Jesus ascending from the Mount of Olives into heaven. It will be after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, Jesus ascends into heaven. But before he ascended, that's when he told them, I'm giving you power to be witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the earth. Then he ascended into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit down to the earth. And now every believer from Acts chapter 2 to 2009, October 25th, every believer who puts their faith in him, the Holy Spirit comes to live with inside of them. Are y'all with me? Do you understand so far? Okay, clap your hands if you understand so far. I want you to understand this because this text is so misused, horribly misused. So Jesus says, but now if you have money, he says, 
If you, if you have money, take it. And if you don't have a sword, he says, sell your clothes and buy one. Keep in mind, as I said, we're talking about when he says, but now this is a new era that they're moving into. A new church era where the authority and the power will be completely governed by the Holy Spirit. Notice in verse four, he says, go back to Luke chapter nine, Luke, Luke chapter nine, look at verse four. He says, whatever house you enter and stay there. In other words, if you go to someone's house, stay there and whatever hospitality they offer you, accept it graciously. If they have having SpaghettiOs for dinner, hamburger helper, Accept it, although it's pretty disgusting, but accept it. Don't like it. Whatever, accept it. If they haven't steak next door, don't go next door. You with me? He says, if you go to someone's house, stay there. Another gospel, it says, let your peace abide on it. Jesus said, if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And when Jesus said this, they knew exactly what he was talking about. Shake the dust off your feet. Jesus knew, or the disciples knew, exactly what Jesus was talking about. You see, the Jew in Jesus' day understood, listen very closely as we kind of wrap it up, come in for a landing here. The Jew understood in Israel that the piece of land called Israel was a piece of real estate that was loved by God and belong to God. Do you understand that Israel is loved by God and it belongs to God? Hmm. Belongs to God. Deuteronomy chapter 11, the whole chapter is dedicated to God telling people that Israel is the apple of his eye and that the land he loves and he loves the people. The whole chapter is dedicated to that. So the land of Israel is a piece of real estate unlike any other real estate on the earth. I mean, think about that. You think, oh, man, Hawaii, that's good real estate. Man, Apex, that's great real estate. <laughs> Raleigh, that's great real estate. Man, out there, Malibu, California, man, that's expensive real estate. You know, I was flipping through the channels the other day, and um, they told me last service, they got this show on TV called, I, I kind of saw a glimpse of it called Cribs cribs or or is it come look at my crib or watch my crib or walk through my crib it's just cribs it's just cribs all right y'all acting like y'all know what i'm talking about y'all know what i'm talking about you watch tv i flip through the channels too it's okay it's it's not ungodly and evil some of y'all like oh it's evil to watch tv the one-eyed demon the television is like so i'm flipping through the stations i'm watching that come across this thing called cribs or cribs they take you through these cribs and um, whoever came up with that anyway for a house, it's your crib. Man, my house, my crib, man, that's my crib. So they take you through the house, and it's nice, man, it's nice. Stuff you've never seen before, it's beautiful. Property's gorgeous, up on the hill somewhere, overlooking whatever. It is just amazing. Expensive, 10, 15 people take $20 million for a piece of property. Do you know that God does not care about any of that property? God doesn't care about your crib. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't care if you live over in Preston. You know Preston. When you say Preston, you have to Preston. I've been in some nice cribs here in the Triangle too. And, but God doesn't care about your cribs. 
God doesn't care about your house. God doesn't care about real estate. He doesn't care about any real estate on the planet. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. The only real estate he cares about is Israel. Is Israel. That piece of property in Israel is at the heart and the mind of God. And every Jew understood that Israel is holy land. So if you were a Pharisee or a self-righteous Jew, get this, if you would be in the area of Gentiles and you were coming back across the border into Holy Land, Israel, when they got to the border, they would literally shake the dust off their feet because you know how Jews felt about Gentiles. They would shake the dust off their feet as if, you know, that's Gentile territory. They would shake the dust off their feet. Jesus is telling them, when you're walking under my guidance, my rule, my authority, my instruction, you are in holy land wherever you are. Wherever you are. Why? Because God is there. And wherever God is, it's holy. That's why the Bible says you are the temple of the living God. Because God lives in you, so the kingdom of God is among you because God lives in you. And you are holy because of God's presence. And you have power because God has given you power. Are you listening? And you have authority because God has given you authority to serve him, to love him, to walk with him. And as they went, the Bible says in verse six, finally, get back over Luke chapter nine. Did I tell you that already? Get back over Luke chapter nine. As they departed, as they went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. They went preaching the gospel. I had to ask myself the other day, am I in my goings? I ask you, in your goings, are you preaching the gospel? I mean, think about it. Do you take opportunity to share the Lord? I have to ask myself that question. And you're like, Pastor Ronnie, you do it every week. Well, yeah, here. But in my goings, am I sharing Christ? I still have a responsibility and a calling to do that. To share the gospel everywhere I go. We have to take opportunity. Guys, listen, especially in 2009, in the day that we live in, you got to take every opportunity you have to preach the gospel because I really believe that Satan is seeking to silence the believer. Don't you think so? You got to take every opportunity you have. And even where there are no opportunities, you got to find some. That's why I like flying. Because when you fly, you have a captive audience. You know, I get on a plane, sit down, and I just pull out my Bible once we get up in the air. And I've already, I've already prayed and spoken tongues. And I, because I, I, I'm I, taking off. I'm not good on taking off. I'm not that great on landing either. But I'm not that great on taking off. Although I like landing better than taking off. Amen. And uh, so I get on, a, <laughs> I get on the plane. I take my Bible out, and I just, you know. Because I'm looking for opportunity to share the gospel. We might be on the plane for five hours. Got to talk to somebody. So I'm sitting there and I'm in the center. I look over at the guy. I go, hey, how you doing, man? You know, you do the head up thing when you want to. When you don't know them, you do the head up. When you know them, you go, hey, how are you? How are you? Up, you know. So, hey, how you doing? So they, you know, I try to engage them a little bit. How's thing? Where are you from? Raleigh? Oh, yeah, okay. And, I'm, and if you don't ask me, I'm reading the script. I got the Bible out. And if you don't ask me anything about the Bible, then I just have to be awkward. 
you force me to be awkward. So I just go, uh, hey, um, well, let me ask you a question. If the plane goes down, you're going to heaven or hell? <laughs> I don't know, sir. Um, I'm just going to eat my peanuts and uh, drink my juice. But, you know, you just got to, because, you know, it's like when you mention the name of Jesus, everybody gets uptight. You ever notice that? Everybody gets uptight. You can talk about Hare Krishna all day. You can talk about the 300 million gods in India all day. You can talk about Islam all day. You can come in to work and tell people, oh, the weekend I had a wonderful, awesome epiphany. I went to the top of a mountain and sat there in the lotus position studying, studying my navel, and it was awesome. And people go, really? Tell me more. Tell me more about your spiritual experience. As soon as you mention the name of Jesus, silence. Well, wait a minute now. We don't talk about that Jesus stuff here. You know, uh, religion is a personal thing. I'm like, you know what? I thank God Paul didn't think it was personal. I thank God Jesus didn't tell us it was personal. If, if, if religion was personal, none of us would be saved because the gospel would have never gone out. God wants us to be about the Father's business in preaching the gospel. And Satan is trying to silence you. Don't let that happen. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming. Somebody need to clap their hands and say amen. Can you do that? Jesus is coming soon. Don't let that happen. You tell people about Jesus. And so what? It makes them uncomfortable. I think it makes them uncomfortable because there's power in the name of Jesus. Like no other name. I'll wait. Like no other name. Not your name, not my name. There's power in the name of Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.